On today's episode, we have a conversation with a really good friend of Boney, Ifti Chaudhary. Ifti is a talented singer and the founder of the Royal Bengal Tea House. Uh, they host these amazing jam sessions all throughout New York City where people sing, play an instrument, or recite poetry, or anything artistic. Ifti's become a really good friend, and we have a conversation on community building, music, politics, and much more. Enjoy this episode of the Boney Podcast.
do are you very politically active now right now you know we, we try to do as much as we can uh you know virtually um but i think last year and this year we haven't been very active but yeah. moving forward you know we are looking forward to getting more active in 2020 okay. but yeah but you you grew up uh in bangladesh like for, until your teens right and then you came here right right well how was that like what, what how old were you when you came here Oh, I was, uh, I was 18. Um, wow. There was quite a culture shock. I mean, you know, I had never seen snow at that point and to witness snow for the first time. Um, and, you know, witnessing this different type of, of a natural phenomenon was, 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 was quite yeah. interesting. And then, yeah. you know, trying to blend into a, a community which is, you know, not, not, not Bengali speaking. My English was not that great at that time either. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. I had a I had a really thick accent. Wow. Um, yeah, I did I'm actually. I thought I thought maybe you know you went to like an English medium school in Bangladesh. I I did I did I still had a thick accent, but later as I joined the workforce, I was working as a stockbroker, so I had to change like you know adapt to American accent because wow. to study the American accent because otherwise my clients wouldn't even want to talk to me. And wow. then you worked in corporate America for how long? um 10 plus years yeah okay been, uh, yeah and was there a sort of point in, in in corporate america where you were like you know i need to have i need to do something that's you know that i'm a little bit more passionate about yeah so music was a passion you know this whole time you know it was always a hobby i had a band in in college and then i recorded an album with my band uh you know in washington dc um you should definitely check it out it's called royal bengal uh, Bing, it's called bangla avenue the name yeah. of the band is called Bangla Avenue. You can check out the. Um, yeah, the I met your partner. Uh, I met your partner um, that you worked with on that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, yeah. My, my friend, my friend. He's a, he's the guitarist and he's also the songwriter, Gotham. Um, and yeah, we are actually thinking of uh, coming up with some new songs this year. Um, so look out for that. But you know, music has been a part of my life, like ever since I moved to the U.S as a teenager, uh, writing songs. But I think organizing events came, became more of a thing once I moved to New York City. So what was the process of creating that album? Was your goal to target uh, people here in, or, or was the or target audience uh, Bangladeshis in Bangladesh? So you see, right, ever, ever since I moved to the US, I made a conscious effort to stay in touch with my roots, my Bengali roots. Um, and music was an easy way of staying in touch because music touches everybody you yeah. can sing a melody and anybody can relate to that any immigrant and then later as i interacted with people outside of the bengali community i realized that you know music is such a beautiful thing it connects everybody and everybody can connect with each other through music so as i started organizing uh you know uh, events through royal bengal tea house i tried to keep that uh, theme in mind that, you know, I want Royal Bengal Tea House to be a platform for not just Bengali people, but uh, a platform for musicians and artists from all walks of life, from different parts of the world, from different cultures, who so speak different languages to come together and celebrate humanity, equality, the, the, the common commonality that we have as human beings. Yeah, it definitely is something that brings people together. And I'll give, tell you, like, even like literally like an hour ago, I don't know if you've seen, there's this meme that's going around where it's just like a picture of Bill Clinton and he's wearing a headphone. Yeah. Have you seen it? Where, yeah. And then there's this, this a webpage and you choose your favorite albums. 
Mm-hmm. You'll see yeah, it. Yeah. I'm sure if you haven't seen yeah, it. I saw then, it. I didn't really look yeah, into it. Yeah, so it's basically, a, it's, and then everybody chooses their own top four albums, like whatever mm-hmm. genre. So the me and uh, the Boney team and I were sending it. And I was, you know, I'm a lot older than the rest of the people mm-hmm. on the Boney team. I'm literally like at least like 10 years older than the, all of them. But it was still funny because, you know, like we still had some overlap in, you know, in our music. Like I love Khalid, they love Khalid. And like J. Cole is somebody like, you know, I'm like Jay-Z, Nas, like Eminem. But, yeah. and then like somebody in the middle and they everybody likes J. Cole who's like in the middle. And then, you know, and then like these new people. But it's like, you know, we had all these common mm-hmm. interests, you know, the mu- in music, uh, even though we're like, you know, a lot, you know, older, I'm a lot older than them. So I found yeah. that really, really interesting. And like now it's like everybody's sharing that, me and everybody's completing it because yeah you're right because music puts you in this in a, in a really um cool space um you know regardless of what's going on you know outside in the world quarantine yeah and i'd imagine right now people are actually probably because everybody's home like looking back and listening to things they haven't listened to for a long time and, and but you're all you're also musically inclined right you're very and you not only do you sing you also play instruments like did you, uh, did you take uh professional lessons or did you um just learn yourself Ah, so when I started, um, I, I, I recognized that I had a talent for singing when I was a teenager in, in, in Dhaka. But then I never really had an opportunity to take formal lessons until recently. I started taking formal lessons from, um, from teachers here in New York City. Um, but, you know, it was more like studying. Like I never really had any formal education. It was studying other people, finding mentors. I was very lucky throughout, throughout my life to find mentors and just pick their brain and try to see what their process is when it comes to singing, when it comes to writing songs, when it comes to playing instruments. Um, so I think I've been very lucky to have a very kind of um, eclectic group of teachers and I pursued them to learn from them. And that's how, you know, my musical upbringing has been. Do you come from a, a musically inclined family? Not really, no. <laughs> wow. What does your, your family think about you uh, with LBTH? Or are they, or are they not aware? No, they're, they're aware of it, you know. Um, they, they love the idea. They see that I, it makes me very happy. Uh, they support me. My, my cousins are extremely supportive of, uh, you know, the Royal Bengal Tea House initiatives. They come to my jam sessions whenever they can. Now that I'm hosting virtual ones, they're dialing in from all over the world. It's, it's, I have a really loving and uh, supportive family uh, who who helped me with this? How's that? How's that going? Doing the virtual uh, jam sessions? It's been going great. Uh, it's been going great because first we've just an experimentation. So I got you know I organized a few people through Zoom. One of my buddies who's an amazing tabla player and you should definitely check it out, Mir Nakibul Islam. He suggested why don't we do something a virtual one like you know. So he brought in some of his musicians friends and we got a great response. We had like forty plus people who joined in. And then we decided to do it like, you know, every two weeks. And uh, we got really lucky. Last jam session we had, it was our second jam session, a famous uh, musician, Bengali musician from Paris, Pavandash Baul, dialed in and he did a 30 minute set. And wow. that was like, we had 140 people who dialed in. So, wow. yeah. So I'm, you know, I think the intention behind this virtual jam session was what drove people together. The intention, what not only 
to help people get through these difficult times, but also to raise money through donations uh, to help out musicians and performing artists who have lost gigs because of this pandemic. Oh, wow, so, yeah. So I think, you know, this has been a great initiative because uh, we have been able to pull a certain amount of money that we raised from this jam session and give it to the featured artist. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you're also very conscious of not just make, making sure that it's not just Bengali people, Bengali artists, right? It's also people from other walks of life. Right, right, right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, just uh, when we found World Bengal Tea House, it was not just Bengalis who founded them. It was Iranians who were yeah. also a part of it. You know, um, our friends Hanif and Shireen, they were integral uh, and to build this community. And they brought in so many different musicians, artists, journalists to take part in this organization. So right off right off the bat you know intention was to keep it you know open to everybody for you know musicians and artists performing artists uh even who are not performing artists to just come and hang out um and um to make it inclusive you make you know we we wanted to make it open to people from all religion all cultural backgrounds all skill levels all age levels we wanted to make it make it a, a platform for people to connect over art and music from all walks of life. Yeah, yeah. Just so people, if people are, are, have not seen any of uh, their videos, we hosted one in my house in my apartment in Long Island City, and we had, you know, we had poets, we had singers, we had a rapper, a Bengali rapper, who mm -hmm. brought, brought the house down. We had singers. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, spoken word. Um, a really good time. When, that's one of the things um, that's really interesting about RBTH is that you're not in one place. You're going to different boroughs, different, um, you know, different uh, parts of the city. Yeah. And the energy yeah. is very different, too, which is really cool. And the crowds are very different, too. And I, I wonder, um, have you thought about that? Because I feel like in LIC, you had probably a, a different energy. And I remember in Harlem, you had a different energy. And it's all interesting. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you would lose out on that if you, let's say, you went to a, you know, a, a single place or if you had like a cafe? Um, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, can, there are pros and cons to both. One yeah. thing I really enjoy about uh, moving from one, one place to another and finding a different host um, is, is that, you know, every, in the, every event is unique. Yeah. Every event has its own energy, its own flavor, and it's very unique. And um, I know some of it would be lost if we just moved into one place where it's a cafe, but I think it will also build more stability in terms of, uh, you know, we have a consistent place and we have consistent dates where we host, uh, you know, events on a consistent basis. But I think that's a really far away dream <laughs> right now. Yeah. So uh, even though we have the vision of having a, an establishment where we can have a cafe, I think for now, we're just gonna keep on doing what we have been doing for the last five years, where we move from you know, one house, one place, one house, one apartment to another. Um, I think it's a beautiful way of uh, passing on this uh, practice that we saw growing up in Bengali communities, this concept of dawat, where we invite our friends and family and there is music and there's snacks, there's food, uh, there's art and people dress up that's kind of where it all came from. That's concept of having a very homey uh, get together of friends and family. Okay. Have you had any uh, struggles in, in uh, creating the, the community either initially or, or even now? Um, yeah, of course, you know, uh, initially we had more struggles because we, weren't, we could not be very consistent 
uh, we didn't have a, we didn't know enough musicians. We didn't know enough uh, hosts to host the events. But so actually, you know, it, it happened very organically where Royal Bengal Tea House became popular among the Bengali communities, among the non-Bengali communities where people were actually volunteering to host events and they would reach out to me to host the next event. So by the time we got to that point, we had quite a few challenges and, you know, we were not consistent with doing it on a monthly basis because we just didn't have enough resources. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, I just, one thing, another thing I really love, I keep thinking about things I love about your events is that you also have like um, cultural food, like you have Jalmuri, you try to have Jalmuri at the events and, and cha. Yeah, um, you know, the Jalmuri kind of comes with the cha. So right from the beginning, we have the cha, but then, okay, you know, for Bengalis, we need the ta, we need the cha and the ta. So cha, ta, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, we need the yeah, cha yeah. and the ta. So cha, automatically we've thought about the ta and then Jalmuri came, Puchka came and all of the other street foods from the Bengal region came and you, we started saving, uh, you know, serving them. And then we, as we grew, we started catering food from Bengali restaurants. And what's the goal going forward? Um, you know, you're growing, but what's the, what's the ultimate goal for RBTH? I mean, some of the things I don't want to change, you know, the whole concept yeah. of building communities, whole concept of taking Bengali culture to the other generations and other communities, non-Bengali communities, as a, as a form of ambassadorship. Uh, I still want to retain those aspects because I think those are the found foundations of Royal Bengal Tea House. Um, however, you know, as we're stuck at home, um, I think, you know, I'm going to focus more on virtual events, find co-organizers from, uh, you know, younger people who are um, getting more involved and they want to volunteer, they want to learn about events organizing. So one of the things I want to keep in mind this year is how can we pass on these cultural values to other generations. Last jam session that we had where Pabon Dash Baul came and performed from Paris, we had people dialing from all over the world, from, from Dhaka, from Kolkata, from, from Sweden, uh, you know, from the West Coast, from England, everybody dialed in. And it was such a beautiful way of bringing people together. But what really made me happy was that there were a lot of young kids who were listening to the music. And I think we as musicians, as organizers, have a responsibility uh, to pass the baton of these cultural elements to the next generations. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's also different. Uh, the, the messenger is very important. Because I mean, frankly, you know, you know, growing up, like you just don't think what anything your parents are doing is cool. So even if they're listening to music that's um, that sounds great, you're just automatically going to be turned off by the by it because they're your parents and they're not cool. Mm -hmm. But if you go to an event and there's people <laughs> like you or other young people that are um, into this type of music, you're just more inclined to enjoy it and think it's cool, right? That's just that's just how we that's just how we're programmed. And I think that that I think that that's happened to that that happened to me because I really wasn't into uh, Bangla music per se. And I think going to your events, um, you know, seeing some of the people and artists, it really started to get me interested in it. Yeah, absolutely. I think the messenger is very important. How you how you interpret these messages to the next generation is very important. How you make it. Uh, uh, interesting for them so that they take it, they welcome it, and they make it a part of their identity is very important. And it, that really depends on how the message is being served. And so you're doing this, but you also have a day job. So how, do you, how are you managing both, right? Like you mentioned your business analyst, um, you know, how are you managing all that? What's, what's your secrets for time management? 
I think I made a conscious decision about five years ago where I was like, you know, I'm not going to be a full-time musician. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Why not? Uh, because it's, you know, for practical reasons, I just couldn't see how it would be sustainable. So I made a conscious decision. And I think also because I never pursued music full-time earlier in life, I, I was okay that, you know, I'm still going to have a full-time job and I'm still going to be I, I was able to still put together events, still write songs, still produce music. I think I found a hobby that I'm very passionate about, and but I don't have to be a slave to it. Mm, yeah. So I, I, I see a lot of my, you know, um, I, I've tried being a full-time musician and it's extremely difficult, especially in a city like New York City, uh, you know, where rent is really high. And for, you know, to be able to sustain yourself, you need to be an exceptional, exceptionally popular musician who generates enough income. So, you know, my choice was a practical choice. Like, I still want to be an IT business analyst and find a balance where I can still do a full-time job and do something with my events and music exactly how I want it and not be dictated by by financial restrictions. Yeah. Yeah, I also just feel like it's a lot of luck too. Just like being at the right place at the right time, having the right management that you know has the right connections. A lot of times, it just doesn't seem like it's ta- all talent because I've seen so many people that are just you know just as talented. Anikan is a great example. Like mm-hmm. he's really talented, but I know plenty of other hip hop artists that were just as talented as him. Mm-hmm. But he has like really good management. Um, they know how to utilize social media and um you know uh websites and marketing they're just really good at it so it's not just about his talent it's definitely his talent um that's in the forefront but it's like he has a master team behind him and that's super important um absolutely. is there any plans of uh going uh global with rbth yes absolutely so last year i got really lucky and i collaborated with a graffiti artist in uh, birmingham uk um and where I went there, I, you know, I helped uh, the artist to put together an event where about 250 people dined. Um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, I was, I was performing music while the graffiti artist was painting live graffiti. Oh, so wow. it, was, it was a very interesting concept. And, you know, I embraced the opportunity. And, and I think uh, as we move forward, as Royal Bengal Tea House becomes more of a, a bigger, you know, more people from around the world uh, reach out for us, then, you know, we are looking forward to having more international events and collaborating with inter- international artists. Nice. And we actually had a, a, an artist that we featured, Zihan, who paints, mm-hmm. and he does these da- uh, dance sessions in his, um, in his gallery, uh, or he did, and that sound, it was like a fusion of music and, and art, and I can, see, I can see how that would work well. You yeah. actually sold art in your events too, right? Not you yourself, but you've allowed artists to sell their, yeah. their, their work yeah. at your Absolutely, at your absolutely. Events. So one of the things we try to do at Royal Legal Tea House is to promote new artists, give them an expo- exposure. So I was like, you know, why not invite painters who want to display their paintings? And if anybody wants to buy it, they can buy it. What have you been doing quarantine time? Oh, quarantine has been tough, man, because, uh, you know, like I said, uh, I miss my friends. I miss my community, being able to see them, hug them and touch them. And it's, you know, um, I miss that. Uh, but quarantine has also given me this opportunity to look inwards and write, write a lot. I've been writing almost every night for an hour, writing new music, 
writing, uh, you know, new stories, memoirs, letters. You know, I have a thing. I try to write letters and send them to people. Um, wow. And, cool. you know, I, I, yeah, I'm thinking of like, you know, I'm going to send out letters <laughs> just to surprise them. That's that's really cool. Yeah, I'll be checking my mail every uh, once few days if I have a letter from you. <laughs> no, I'm joking. That's cool. That's actually really cool. I I had a boss that, yeah, there's a little like person. It does add a personal touch. I had a boss that would send postcards from mm-hmm. wherever he went, mm-hmm. which was really cool. You know who does, who sends postcards anymore? People just know. you know upload uh, pictures on Instagram. Hey, go look at my pictures. But this guy used to send me a postcard and write like just like something really cool. Um, from wherever he was like it's yeah it's really cool absolutely and i think uh, that reminds me growing up uh, in bangladesh our teachers used to put an enormous amount of effort into making sure that the kids have good handwriting and i think that's an art that's getting lost and um you know i think because we don't write enough anymore or take the time to put our emotions on paper anymore that art form is getting lost so this is also my way of like you know kind of preserving that (laughs) Yes, yeah, especially Bangla. Right? Yeah, I used to know how to write, write Bangla well, and now because I don't write it, just completely lost it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, completely uh, lost it. We're actually trying to. We're thinking of doing a, a course, a, well, many courses on how to write Bangla. So mm-hmm. we've actually mm-hmm. been speaking to a few people on, on uh, and and doing it. Uh, on Let me know. I'll put you in touch. Work. Let me know. I'll put you in touch with some friends of beautiful calligraphy, like Bengali calligraphy. Oh wow. Oh really? That's cool. Maybe we can That's do cool. a course on like or or a lecture on uh, Bengali calligraphy writing. Bengali calligraphy. So is that similar to? Because I don't know if I've seen Bengali calligraphy. Is that similar to like just like do they have those weird looking pens and and is that is that how they do or has? Well, different people have different styles. You know, it's it's um. I would have to show them to you because it's very visual. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll share some some uh, links later. Yeah, there's there's um, like a lot of beauty in, in Bengali art and poetry. Somebody, if someone just submitted a uh, a poem in Bangla, and yeah, it's really interesting. Like, I, I don't I don't know anything about music, but like, it's just I don't know. This, what's the difference between like like structurally? What's the difference between like Bangla music and like like American like like say R and B music? Like, what's the difference in like uh, musical patterns and drums and things like that? Is there like a structural difference? Mm, not necessarily, not necessarily. So if you listen to our last album uh, with Bangla Avenue, we were exploring combination, a combination of Bengali and American genres. So we had a few songs which were, you know, based on the funk style of music in the US. Some of them were like based on jazz standards. But then again, we had a few others uh, based on, um, you know, the lyrics and the structure of polygity or Baulgan in, in, in the Bengal region of uh, South Asia. So, you know, just like any other art form, there doesn't have to be a structure. But I think every single art, like song, like Bengali songs usually have a theme. There, you know, there's a lyrics-based theme, like, you know, Baulgan, for example, have a theme that's more spiritual in nature. Um, other, other, you know, American songs, for example, you know, it could be a love song or it could be a song of, about protest or it could be a song about, you know, um, about, about family life or social life. What's the, well, what are the, what's the popular types of music in Bangladesh now? Do you follow it? Um, 
right now I haven't been following them much. Um, I think a lot of bands are taking folk music and turn giving them a different arrangement. Um, I, I know a lot of musicians are in are experimenting with Bengali uh, Bengali lyrics and song structures, trying to trying to give it a new form um, that you know that hasn't been done before. Gotcha. I've no, I've been noticing a lot of uh, hip hop, new hip hop artists in Bangladesh. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, people used to always say hip hop is universal, and you know, in Bangladesh, there's some really really talented hip hop artists now. Uh, even Vlimps Shah, who came to our event, he, he put up videos of going to Bangladesh, and he destroyed it. I mean, it seemed like he had a he went he had a concert, and like so many people attended, and they were really really into it. Yeah, really, absolutely. Really yeah, I saw that. You know, makes me makes me really happy. Yeah. Um, who who are like some of the artists that you're listening to now? Oh, right now. Um, oh man, I've been kind of going back to uh you know old music like I, I i like i love music from the 60s 70s that's kind of a and um i listen to music from that era a lot um also i mean growing up you know i i, I was nirvana was my favorite i used to listen oh, really to yeah nirvana was oh nirvana i was supposed to go to a guns and roses concert this summer but i don't think it's gonna happen um oh, wow. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, recently since I've been quarantined, I've been, I've been studying Arabic music form and, um, I'm thinking of taking some Arabic singing lessons as well. Oh, wow. Um, so, I mean, when I moved to the U S I used to listen to a lot of Arabic pop, Turkish pop, uh, Arabic pop, meaning like, you know, music by Amr Diab. Uh, and then music from the Maghreb region or Africa, you know, like Algeria, Morocco, music by Sheb Khaled, Sheb Mami. And then uh, also listening to, I've been listening to a lot of um, music from South America as well, like Carlos Santana. Santana was one of my favorite, Mana. Um, speaking of which, uh, you know, one of the things that we took on as a project last year was that we we're going to translate some Bengali songs to Spanish. And uh, this came to my mind, like, okay, you know, we have Bengali and Latino communities living together so close to each other, but so little that we know about each other. So this was my initiative, our initiative at Royal Bengal Tea House to kind of break those boundaries and create a form of understanding through music. And so, you know, we're planning to translate more of this um, Bengali folk songs, Bengali songs from different genres. Like, you know, we're probably thinking of translate, we have translated one Lalon Giti, we have translated one Poli Giti, we are working on translating a Nozdul Giti and a Robin Zushongit to Spanish and just to, you know, give the Spanish speaking audience a taste of Bengal. Yeah, and you performed one at our fundraiser that we had for Brand. That was amazing. Which song was that? I remember it was amazing. I think that was by Mujib Pordeshi. There's this song called Shada Dile Kada Lagay Geli. Yeah, oh my God. That was amazing. Got amazing <laughs> feedback on that. You know, that's the song you can perform when we post this and you do live or you do sure. post it. That one, that, was, that one was amazing. You're absolutely right. It's so different. Like, it was amazing. Thank you. Yeah, and who, how do you, who helps you translate that? I, I work with different musicians, uh, Spanish-speaking musicians who are interested in Bengali music. Um, really? Right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow. So my Spanish is not that great. I can, you know, uh, barely get by. Um, but I, using dictionaries, Google Docs, whatever, I try to translate it myself and try to give it my own poetic twist. Uh, but a lot of concepts don't translate right away. You know, you have to do yeah. some research. You have to run them by other musicians yeah. or songwriters. So a lot of my songwriter friends, Spanish-speaking songwriter friends have really helped me. Yeah. Know, translate some of this music but one thing i'm trying to do is to preserve the arrangement preserve the bengali music arrangements because there are certain bengali music instruments that we use when we perform bengali music uh the harmonium for example or or, or tabla for example or you know dotara for example so as we are translating these songs to spanish we still want to preserve those elements of bengali music do you know how to read read and write music i can I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's ever too late for somebody to start le to learn an instrument? Let's say a 36 year old like me. As long as you're breathing, it's not too late. <laughs> I took a, I took a piano in high school and I was okay. Um, but my, my hands are like really stubby and it was like, I had a tough time, but actually I shouldn't make that excuse. Cause I just saw a video of a one handed person playing the piano, like, <laughs> you know, like Mozart. Yeah. So I can't even make use that excuse. But I'll tell you, my my mid. I remember my midterm was the uh, uh, Mission Impossible theme song. So like, so I just remember that, and I remember doing. Uh, I remember getting either a passing grade. But I, I enjoy the piano. I just never kept up. Um, but yeah, uh, do you find that you get along more with people that are into music? That's that definitely gels the conversation who are into music but i don't that's not necessarily the only thing you know yeah i haven't had difficulty i think um i think as long as we have like you know um we don't have too many contradictory philosophies like you yeah. know way of looking at life yeah. um because i have ran into people who are very have a very narrow way of looking at things. And I think those are the people I don't get along with. Those are the people yeah. who have, you know, people who are very stringent when it comes to, uh, you know, um, a certain way of life. I think people who are more open-minded, people yeah. who are more well-traveled, I connect with them better. Yeah, I think the latter people, what you said about well-traveled, I have said this many times, I would love to start a fund to get people in middle America to like travel, like get them to like, to get them to go to like Iran or, you know, Turkey and like some other place where they have this narrow minded um, mm -hmm. view of those people yeah. and like get them there. And they'll see that, you know, once they go to Afghanistan and they'll see that these people are just like them, like they want to send their kids to school and they want to come home and they want to, um, you know, have food on the table. and you know, same problems that you have in Idaho, you know, mm -hmm. it's the same problem as some, you know, family in Afghanistan is having, and they're not much different, and nobody's out to get you, you know, like, like, you know, like, you know, president or some whoever candidates will try to say, like, yeah. that these people hate you, and they hate your way of life. No, they couldn't care less. They just want to live their lives, and traveling does that. Like, it, it really does. It opens up your mind so much more than just... Absolutely, you know, absolutely, yeah. and, um, and, you know, I think that kind of uh, narrow-mindedness for the lack of a better word narrow-mindedness also in, exists within our communities um yeah. and i think we have a responsibility to 
to fight that and to open up their 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 minds to be more open-minded be more accepted. yeah yeah absolutely yeah definitely conscious of that that exists in our our community also and that's why we a lot of, a lot of the messages we put out on boney is is to is to fight against that um i mean we just posted someone uh, a woman who's a bodybuilder like i mean that kind of like yeah. imagine yeah. imagine like that you know in like imagine she even said she was very concerned about like the reaction she would get and we kept yeah. saying like a we're going to monitor the comments and b um i you know b like you know uh if, if they do like we'll we'll like talk to them and we'll like you know we'll have a conversation with them but like yeah i can understand her concerns like because yeah. there are people that would probably you know i was actually hesitant to put it on facebook because mm -hmm. Because Facebook is a little bit older, uh, our followers on Facebook are a little bit older. Yep. Instagram, I, I wasn't as concerned, but I was more concerned about Facebook because I was afraid of like the comments that she would get. Yeah. So absolutely. yeah, so we have that too. Like, there's no reason why she couldn't, and she killed. She killed them. She's you know, yeah. should be proud. I mean, Bengali woman being award-winning bodybuilder should be proud of that. But I'm sure yeah. there's definitely people beating her down. Um, yeah, and I'm really proud of what you're doing. I'm really excited to at least participate in some of the events and your growing community we're happy that you came on and talk about it and can't wait for you to also perform when we post this thank you thank you thank you cam for having me it's a uh, really an honor i'm so glad we met uh you know a couple of years ago and uh being able to collaborate on different uh, you know political front and cultural front so i'm really lucky to have met you man <laughs> yeah absolutely and hopefully we'll see each other soon after this is over absolutely absolutely all right thanks man all right. Thank you, Cam. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis in New York show. My name is Arik, and uh, we were repping it for, you know, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. Woo! What's going on? Hey, hey, Cam, what's going on, man? Nothing much. So I've been asking everybody that's been on the podcast since quarantine. So what is this something that like you should take granted for, uh, you know, before quarantine that you're like, wow, I wish I could do this right now. I took my friends for granted, you know, just being able to yeah. walk out of my apartment, take a subway ride and just go meet up with them and, you know, probably get some coffee or get yeah. dinner, you know, that's I took my friends for granted, you know, now that I can't do that, you know, I really miss my friends. Yeah, I completely understand. And you're so social too, so that makes sense. Like, like I, I, I mean, you're, you know, I've been to events for uh, hosted by people that are great at organizing and putting events together, but they're not great hosts. But I feel like, well, your events, um, you're both, you know, you, you can put events together, but at the event, I mean, you know, we've had so many events together where I've seen you like walk up to everybody and talk to them and, you know, introduce yourself, asking them where they're from, but that kind of stuff. Like, where you that is that does that come natural? Or did you have to have to work on that? Thank you, thank you. No, um, I think I did have to work a little bit, of course. Um, of course, you know, when I was younger, my social skills were not, not that great, and now sometimes I would shy away from you know talking to certain people. And um, but you know, I think over the years, I have I have become more more social and perfected my uh, you know my 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 way of connecting with people and um and i think it comes uh, some of it i have to give to my profession and you know as, as a business analyst as an it business analyst 
you know, as a business analyst, as a consultant, you have to be, you have to have that kind of social skills. So I think, you know, it's a mix of both. Okay. And uh, how did uh, Royal Bengal TLs, how did that name come about? And when did, when did that start? So uh, when I moved to New York City in 2014 from Washington, D.C., um, I didn't really have any friends. And then I met some journalist friends uh, at NYU and we became friends and we found out that, you know, we are actually neighbors. Um, and uh, I, they, were, they, were, they were a Persian couple um, and I invited them over to my basement uh, apartment in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. And we started jamming out and we would drink tea and we would talk about music and uh, Sufi poetry and talk about politics. And that's how it kind of started, you know, and then they started inviting their friends. I made more friends. I invited them and it started to become like this regular monthly get together where we'd get together, uh, share music and stories from our lives and uh, drink tea. That's how the tea house started. But because a lot of us were connected to the Bengali roots, we started calling it the Bengal tea house. But, you know, the Royal Bengal tea house came later because it just had a cool zinc to it. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> yeah, when I first heard of it, I thought it was an actual place. So I was actually like, on. I, was, I think I looked up on Google Maps, like, where is this place? <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, you know, yeah. Actually, you know, that's the vision. That's the vision that eventually someday we will have a, a cafe or a tea house, an actual physical place. <laughs> it will come. You know, that's how we. Uh, but right now, we don't have any physical space. You know, it, it will come eventually. At, at what point did you start having more than just music uh, performers? Um, it started a couple of years ago uh, when some of my poet friends wanted to read poetry. Some of them wanted to read stories. Um, and a lot of the founding members of the Royal Bengal Tea House were also political activists. So we started got, getting involved with more political activism. Um, you know, we went to the Women's March in, uh, in Washington, D.C. And then uh, we were also involved with environmental protection related protests. Um, we were involved with um, a couple of pro protests that we co-organized um, in front of the United Nations. So I think it was like about three to four years ago that when we started to bring in people who were not just musicians, but political activism was a part of Royal Bengal Tea House right, right from the beginning. Are you, are you very politically active now? Right now, you know, we, we try to do as much as we can, uh, you know, virtually. Um, but... I think last year and this year we haven't been very active, but yeah. moving forward, you know, we are looking forward to getting more active in 2020. Okay. But yeah, but you you grew up uh, in Bangladesh like for, until your teens, right? And then you came here, right? Right. Well, how was that like? What, what, how old were you when you came here? Oh, I was uh, I was 18. Um, wow. There was quite a culture shock. I mean, you know, I had never seen snow at that point, and to witness snow for the first time. Um, and, you know, witnessing this different type of, of a natural phenomenon was, 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 was quite yeah. interesting. And then, yeah. you know, trying to blend into a, a community which is, you know, not, not, not Bengali speaking. My English was not that great at that time either. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. I, had a, I had a really thick accent. What? Uh, yeah, I did actually. I thought I thought maybe you know you went to like an English medium school in Bangladesh. I I did I did I still had a thick accent, but later as I 
joined the workforce, I was working as a stockbroker. So I had to change, like, you know, adapt to American accent because wow. to study the American accent because otherwise my clients wouldn't even want to talk to me. And wow. then you worked in corporate America for how long? Um, 10 plus years. Yeah. Okay. Been, uh, yeah. And was there a point in, in, in corporate America where you were like, you know, I need to have, I need to do something that's, you know, that I'm a little bit more passionate about? Yeah, so music was a passion, you know, this whole time. You know, it was always a hobby. I had a band in in college, and then I recorded an album with my band, uh, you know, in Washington D.C. Um, you should definitely check it out. It's called Royal Bengal. Uh, Bing, it's called Bangla Avenue. The name yeah. of the band is called Bangla Avenue. You can check out the. Um, yeah, the I met your partner. Uh, I met your partner um, that you worked with on that, right? Yeah, yeah, my my, yeah. my my friend, my friend. He's uh, he's the guitarist and he's also the songwriter, Gotham. Um, and yeah, we we're actually thinking of uh, coming up with some new songs this year. Um, so look out for that. But you know, music has been a part of my life like ever since I moved to the US as a teenager, uh, writing songs. But I think organizing events came became more of a thing once I moved to New York City. What was the process of creating that album? Was your goal to? target uh, people here in, or, or was the or target audience uh, Bangladeshis in Bangladesh? So you see, right, ever, ever since I moved to the U.S., I um, made a conscious effort to stay in touch with my roots, my Bengali roots. Um, and music was an easy way of staying in touch because music touches everybody. You yeah. can sing a melody and anybody can relate to that, any immigrant. And then later, as I interacted with people outside of the Bengali community, I realized that, you know, music is such a beautiful thing. It connects everybody and everybody can connect with each other through music. So as I started organizing, uh, you know, uh, events through Royal Bengal Tea House, I tried to keep that uh, theme in mind that, you know, I want Royal Bengal Tea House to be a platform for not just Bengali people, but uh, a platform for musicians and artists from all walks of life, from different parts of the world, from different cultures, who so speak different languages, to come together and celebrate humanity, equality, the the, the common commonality that we have as human beings. Yeah, it definitely is something that brings people together. And I'll give tell you, like even like literally, like an hour ago, I don't know if you've seen. There's this meme that's going around where. It's just like a picture of Bill Clinton and he's wearing a headphone. Yeah. Have you seen it? Where yeah. And then there's this, this a webpage and you choose your favorite albums. Mm-hmm. You'll see. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah. you haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, I and saw then, it. I didn't really look yeah, into it. Yeah, so it's basically, a, it's, and then everybody chooses their own top four albums, like whatever genre. So the me and uh, the Boney team and I were sending it and I was, you know, I'm a lot older than the rest of the people on the Boney team. I'm literally like at least like 10 years older than all of them. But it was still funny because, you know, like we still had some overlap, in, you know, in our music. Like, I love Khalid. They love Khalid. And, like, J. Cole is somebody, like, you know, I'm like Jay-Z, Nas, like, Eminem. But, yeah. and then, like, somebody in the middle. And they everybody likes J. Cole, who's, like, in the middle. And then, you know, and then, like, these new people. But it's like, you know, we had all these common mm-hmm. interests, you know, the mu- in music, uh, even though we're, like, you know, a lot you know, older, I'm a lot older than them. So I found that really, really interesting. And like now it's like everybody's sharing that meme and everybody's completing it. Cause yeah, you're right. Cause music puts you in this, you know, in a really um, cool space, um, you know, regardless of what's going on, you know, outside in the world quarantine. Yeah. And I'd imagine right now people are actually probably because everybody's home, 
like looking back and listening to things I haven't listened to for a long time. And but you're all, you're also musically inclined, right? You're very and you not only do you sing, you also play instruments. Like did you, uh, did you take uh, professional lessons or did you um, just learn yourself? Ah, uh, so when I started, um, I, I I recognized that I had a talent for singing when I was a teenager in in, in Dhaka. But then I never really had an opportunity to take formal lessons until recently. I started taking formal lessons from um, from teachers here in New York City. Um, but you know, it was more like studying. Like I never really had any formal education. It was studying other people, finding mentors. I was very lucky throughout, throughout my life to find mentors and just pick their brain and try to see what their process is when it comes to singing, when it comes to writing songs, when it comes to playing instruments. Um, so I think I've been very lucky to have a very kind of um, eclectic group of teachers and I pursued them to learn from them. And that's how, you know, my musical upbringing has been. Do you come from a, a musically inclined family? Not really, no. <laughs> wow. What does your what does your family think about you uh, with LBTH? Are they or are they not aware? No, they're they're aware of it. You know, um, they they love the idea. They see that I, it makes me very happy. Uh, they support me. My my cousins are extremely supportive of uh, you know the Royal Bengal Tea House initiatives. They come to my jam sessions whenever they can. Now that I'm hosting virtual ones, they're dialing in from all over the world. It's it's I have a really loving and uh, supportive family. Uh, who who helped me with this? How's that? How's that going? Doing the virtual uh, jam sessions? It's been going great. Uh, it's been going great because first we were just in experimentation. So I got you know I organized a few people through Zoom. One of my buddies, who's an amazing tabla player, and you definitely check it out, Mir Nakibul Islam. He suggested, why don't we do something a virtual one? Like you know, so he brought in some of his musicians' friends, and we got a great response. We had like forty plus people who joined in, and then we decided to do it like you know every two weeks and uh, we got really lucky last jam session we had it was our second jam session a famous uh, musician Bengali musician from Paris Pavandash Baul dialed in and he did a 30 minute set and wow. that was like we had 140 people who dialed in so wow. yeah so I am you know I think the intention behind this virtual jam session was what drove people together the intention was not only to help people get through these difficult times, but also to raise money through donations uh, to help out musicians and performing artists who have lost gigs because of this pandemic. Oh, wow, so, yeah. so I think, you know, this has been a great initiative because uh, we have been able to pull a certain amount of money that we raised from this jam session and give it to the featured artist. Yeah, yeah, and, and you're also very conscious of not just make, making sure that it's not just Bengali people, Bengali artists, right? It's also people from other walks of life. Right, right, right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, just uh, when we found Royal Bengal Tea House, it was not just Bengalis who founded them. It was Iranians who were also yeah. a part of it. You know, um, our friends Hanif and Shireen, they were integral uh, and to build this community. And they brought in so many different musicians, artists, journalists to take part in this organization so right off right off the bat you know our intention was to keep it you know open to everybody for you know musicians and artists performing artists uh even who are not performing artists to just come and hang out um 
and um, to make it inclusive, you make you know, we we wanted to make it open to people from all religion, all cultural backgrounds, all skill levels, all age levels. We wanted to make it make it a, a platform for people to connect over art and music from all walks of life. Yeah, yeah. Just so people, if people are, are have not seen any of uh, their videos, we hosted one in my house in my apartment in Long Island City, and we had. You know, we had poets, we had singers, we had a rapper, a Bengali rapper, who brought, brought the house down. We had singers. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, spoken word, um, a really good time. When, that's one of the things um, that's really interesting about RBTS is that you're not in one place. You're going to different boroughs, different, um, you know, different uh, parts of the city. And the energy is very different too, which is really cool. And the crowds are very different too. And I, I wonder, um, have you thought about that? Because I feel like, in LIC, you had probably a, a different energy. I remember in Harlem, you had a different energy, and it's all interesting. Do you feel like you would lose out on that if you, let's say, you went to a, you know, a, a single place or if you had like a cafe? Um, absolutely. I mean, you know, I can, there are pros and cons to both. One yeah. thing I really enjoy about uh, moving from one one place to another and finding a different host um, is is that you know every in the, every event is unique. Yeah. Every event has its own energy, its own flavor, and it's very unique. And um, I know some of it would be lost if we just moved into one place where it's a cafe. But I think it will also build more stability in terms of, uh, you know, we have a consistent place and we have consistent dates where we host, uh, you know, events on a consistent basis. But I think that's a really far away dream <laughs> right now. <laughs> so uh, even though we have the vision of having a, an establishment where we can have a cafe, I think for now we're just going to keep on doing what we have been doing for the last five years where we move from you know one house, one place, one house, one apartment to another. Um, I think it's a beautiful way of uh, passing on this uh, practice that we saw growing up in Bengali communities this concept of dawat where we invite our friends and family and there is music and there's snacks there's food uh there's art and people dress up that's kind of where it all came from that's concept of having a very homey uh get together of friends and family okay. have you had any uh, struggles in in uh, creating the, the community either initially or or even now um yeah of course you know uh, initially, we had more struggles because we weren't. We could not be very consistent. Uh, we didn't have a. We didn't know enough musicians. We didn't know enough uh, hosts to host the events. But so actually, you know, it, it happened very organically where Royal Bengal Tea House became popular among the Bengali communities, among the non-Bengali communities, where people were actually volunteering to host events, and they would reach out to me to host the next event. So by the time we got to that point, we had quite a few challenges, and you know, we were not consistently doing it on a monthly basis because we just didn't have enough resources. Yeah, and uh, oh yeah, just one thing, another thing I really love. I keep thinking about things I love about your events. Is that you also have like um, cultural food, like we have jalmuri. You try to have jalmuri at the events and and cha. Yeah, um, you know the jalmuri kind of comes with the cha. So right from the beginning we had the cha, but then okay, you know for Bengalis we need the ta. We need the cha and the ta. So cha ta <laughs> yeah. like you know we need the yeah, cha yeah. and the ta. So cha, automatically we thought about the ta, and then jalmuri came, puchka came, and all of the other street foods from the Bengal region 
came and you, we started saving, uh, you know, serving them. And then we, as we grew, we started catering food from Bengali restaurants. And what's the goal going forward? Um, you know, you're growing, but what's the what's the ultimate goal for RBTH? I mean, some of the things I don't want to change. You know, the whole concept yeah. of building communities, whole concept of taking Bengali culture to the other generations and other communities, non-Bengali communities, as a as a form of ambassadorship. Uh, I still want to retain those aspects because I think those are the found foundations of Royal Bengal Tea House. Um, however, you know, as we're stuck at home, um, I think th- you know. I'm going to focus more on virtual events, find co-organizers from, uh, you know, younger people who are um, getting more involved and they want to volunteer, they want to learn about events organizing. So one of the things I want to keep in mind this year is how can we pass on these cultural values to other generations? Last jam session that we had where Babon Dash Baul came and performed from Paris, we had people dialing from all over the world, from from Dhaka, from Kolkata, from from Sweden, uh, you know, from the West Coast, from England. Everybody dialed in, and it was such a beautiful way of bringing people together. But what really made me happy was that there were a lot of young kids who were listening to the music, and I think we, as musicians, as organizers, have a responsibility uh, to pass the baton of these cultural elements to the next generations. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's also different. Uh, the The messenger is very important because, I mean, frankly, you know, you know, growing up, like you just don't think what anything your parents are doing is cool. So even if they're listening to music that's um, that sounds great, you're just automatically going to be turned off by the by it because they're your parents and they're not cool. Mm-hmm. But if you go to an event and there's people <laughs> like you or other young people that are um, into this type of music. You're just more inclined to enjoy it and think it's cool, right? That's just that's just how we that's just how we're programmed. Yeah. And I think that's that I think that that's happened to that that happened to me because I really wasn't into uh, Bangla music per se. And I think going to your events, um, you know, seeing some of the people and artists, it really started to get me interested in it. Yeah, absolutely. I think the messenger is very important. How you how you interpret these messages to the next generation is very important. How you make it uh, uh, interesting for them so that they take it, they welcome it, and they make it a part of their identity is very important. And that really depends on how the message is being served. And so you're doing this, but you also have a day job. So how, do you, how are you managing both, right? Like you mentioned the business analyst, um, you know, how are you managing all of that? What's, what's your secrets for time management? I think I made a conscious decision about five years ago where I was like, you know, I'm not going to be a full-time musician. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Why not? Uh, because it's, you know, for practical reasons, I just couldn't see how it would be sustainable. So I made a conscious decision. And I think also because I never pursued music full-time earlier in life, I I was okay that, you know, I'm still going to have a full-time job and I'm still going to be... I, I was able to still put together events, still write songs, still produce music. I think I found a hobby that I'm very passionate about, and but I don't have to be a slave to it. Mm, yeah. So I, I, I see a lot of my, you know, uh, I, I've tried being a full-time musician and it's extremely difficult, especially in a city like New York City. 
uh, you know, where rent is really high. And for, you know, to be able to sustain yourself, you need to be an exceptional, exceptionally popular musician who generates enough income. So, you know, my choice was a practical choice. Like I still want to be an IT business analyst and find a balance where I can still do a full-time job and do something with my events and music exactly how I want it and not be dictated by by financial restrictions. Yeah. Yeah, I also just feel like it's a lot of luck too. Just like being at the right place at the right time, having the right management that, you know, has the right connections. A lot of times it just doesn't seem like it's ta- all talent because I've seen so many people that are just, you know, just as talented. Anikhan is a great example. Like, mm-hmm. he's really talented, but I know plenty of other hip-hop artists that were just as talented as him. Mm-hmm. But he has, like, really good management. Um, they know how to utilize social media and um you know uh websites and marketing they're just really good at it so it's not just about his talent it's definitely his talent um that's in the forefront but it's like he has a master team behind him and that's super important um is there any plans of uh going uh global with rbth yes absolutely so last year i got really lucky and i collaborated with a graffiti artist in uh, birmingham uk um and where I went there, I, you know, I helped uh, the artists to put together an event where about 250 people dined. Um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, I was, I was performing music while the graffiti artist was painting live graffiti. Oh, so wow. it, was, it was a very interesting concept. And, you know, I embraced the opportunity. And, and I think uh, as we move forward, as Royal Bengal Tea House becomes more of a, a bigger, you know, more people from around the world uh, reach out for us, then, you know, we are looking forward to having more international events and collaborating with inter- international artists. Nice. And we actually had a, a, an artist that we featured, Zihan, who paints. And he does these da- uh, dance sessions in his um, in his gallery, uh, or he did. And that sound, it was like a fusion of music and, and art. And I can see... I can see how that would work well. You yeah. actually sold art in your events too, right? Not you yourself, but you've allowed artists to sell their yeah. their, their work yeah. at your absolutely, at your absolutely. Events. So one of the things we try to do at Royal Bengal Tea House is to promote new artists, give them an expo- exposure. So I was like, you know, why not invite painters who want to display their paintings, and if anybody wants to buy it, they can buy it. What have you been doing quarantine time? Oh, quarantine has been tough, man, because, you know, like I said, uh, I miss my friends. I miss my community, being able to see them, hug them and touch them. And it's, you know, um, I miss that. Uh, But quarantine has also given me this opportunity to look inwards and write, write a lot. I've been writing almost every night for an hour, writing new music, writing, uh, you know, new stories, memoirs, letters. You know, I have a thing. I try to write letters and send them to people. Um, wow. And, cool. you know, I, I, yeah, I'm thinking of like, you know, I'm going to send out letters <laughs> just to surprise them. That's that's really cool. Yeah, I'll be checking my mail every uh, once a few days if I have a letter from this <laughs> No, I'm joking. That's cool. That's actually really cool. I, I had a boss that, yeah, there's a little like person. It does add a personal touch. I had a boss that would send postcards from wherever he went. Mm-hmm. which was really cool. You know, who do, who sends postcards anymore? People just, know. you know, upload uh, pictures on Instagram. Hey, go look at my pictures. But this guy used to send me a postcard and write, like, just like something really cool. Um, 
from wherever he was. Like, it's, yeah, it's really cool. Absolutely, like and really I think cool uh, and that reminds me. Growing up uh, in Bangladesh, our teachers used to put an enormous amount of effort into making sure that the kids have good handwriting, and I think that's an art that's getting lost. And um, you know, I, I think because we don't write enough anymore or take the time to put our emotions on paper anymore, that art form is getting lost. So this is also my way of like you know, kind of preserving that. <laughs> Yes, yeah, especially Bangalore. Yeah, I used to know how to write, write Bangalore well, and now because I don't write it, just completely lost it. Yeah, um, yeah, completely uh, lost it. We're actually trying to, we're thinking of doing a, a course, a, well, many courses on how to write Bangla. So mm-hmm. we've actually been speaking to a few people on. And doing it. Uh, on Let Bowling, me know. I'll put you in touch. Let me know. I'll put you in touch with some friends. With beautiful calligraphy, like Bengali calligraphy. Oh wow. Oh really? That's cool. Maybe we can That's do cool. a course on like or or a lecture on uh, Bengali calligraphy writing. Bengali calligraphy. So is that similar to? Because I don't know if I've seen Bengali calligraphy. Is that similar to like just like do they have those weird looking pens and and is that is that how they do or as? Well, different people have different styles. You know, it's it's um. I would have to show them to you because it's very visual. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll share some some uh, links later. Yeah, there's there's um, like a lot of beauty in, in Bengali art and poetry. Somebody, if someone just submitted a uh, a poem in Bangla, and yeah, it's really interesting. Like, I, I don't I don't know anything about music, but like, it's just I don't know. This, what's the difference between like like structurally? What's the difference between like Bangla music and like like American like like say R and B music like what's the difference in like uh, musical patterns and drums and things like that is there like a structural difference mm, not necessarily not necessarily so if you listen to our last album uh, with Bangla Avenue we were exploring combination a combination of Bengali and American genres so we had a few songs which were you know based on the funk style of music in the US some of them were like based on jazz standards but then again we had a few others uh, based on um, you know the lyrics and the structure of Poligiti or Baulgan in, in, in the Bengal region of uh, South Asia so you know just like any other art form there doesn't have to be a structure but i think every single art like song like bengali songs usually have a theme there you know if there's a lyrics based theme like you know baulgan for example have a theme that's more spiritual in nature um other other you know American songs, for example, you know, it could be a love song, or it could be a song of, about protest, or it could be a song about, you know, um, about about family life or social life. What's the well? What are the what's the popular types of music in Bangladesh now? Do you follow it? Um, right now, I haven't been following them much. Um, I think a lot of bands are taking folk music and turn giving them a different arrangement. Um, I, I know a lot of musicians are in, are experimenting with Bengali, uh, Bengali lyrics and song structures, trying to trying to give it a new form um, that you know that hasn't been done before. Gotcha. I've no, I've been noticing a lot of uh, hip hop, new hip hop artists in Bangladesh. Yeah, that's really interesting. I and mean, people used to always say hip hop is universal and. You know, in Bangladesh, there's some really, really talented hip hop artists now. Uh, even 
Vlimps Shah, who came to our event, he put up videos of going to Bangladesh, and he destroyed it. I mean, it seems like he had a he went he had a concert, and like so many people attended, and they were really really into it. Yeah, really, absolutely. Really yeah, I saw that. You know, makes me makes me really happy. Yeah. Um, who who are like some of the artists that you're listening to now? Oh, right now. Um, oh man, I've been kind of going back to uh, you know old music. Like I, I I like I love music from the '60s, '70s. That's kind of a and um, I listen to music from that era a lot. Um, also, I mean, growing up, you know, I, I, I was Nirvana was my favorite. I used to listen. Oh, really? To yeah, Nirvana was. Oh, Nirvana. I was supposed to go to a Guns N' Roses concert this summer, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Um, oh, wow. But uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, recently since I've been quarantined, I've been I've been studying Arabic music form, and. Um, I'm thinking of taking some Arabic singing lessons as well. Oh wow! Um, so I mean, when I moved to the U.S., I used to listen to a lot of Arabic pop, Turkish pop, uh, Arabic pop meaning like you know music by Amr Diab, uh, and then music from the Maghreb region or Africa, you know like Algeria, Morocco, music by Sheb Khaled, Sheb Mami, and then uh, also listening to I've been listening to a lot of. Um, Music from South America as well, like Carlos Santana. Santana was one of my favorite. Mana. Um, speaking of which, uh, you know, one of the things that we took on as a project last year was that we we're going to translate some Bengali songs to Spanish. And uh, this came to my mind, like, okay, you know, we have Bengali and Latino communities living together, so close to each other, but so little that we know about each other. So this was my initiative, our initiative at Royal Bengal Tea House to kind of break those boundaries and create a form of understanding through music. And so, you know, we're planning to translate more of this um, Bengali folk songs, Bengali songs from different genres. Like, you know, we're probably thinking of translating. We have translated one Lalun Giti. We have translated one Poli Giti. We are working on translating a Nozdrul Giti and a Rubin to Spanish. And just to, you know, give the Spanish-speaking audience a taste of Bengal. Yeah, and you performed one at our fundraiser that we had for Brand. That was amazing. Which song was that? I remember it was amazing. I think that was by Muji Pordeshi. There's this song called Shada Dile Kada Geli. Yeah, oh my God, that was amazing. Got amazing <laughs> feedback on that. You know, that's the song you can perform when we post this and you do live or you do sure. post it. That one, that was that one was amazing. You're absolutely right. It's so different. Like it was amazing. Thank you. Yeah, and who? How do you? Who helps you translate that? I, I work with different musicians, uh, Spanish-speaking musicians who are interested in Bengali music. Um, really? I, yeah, absolutely. Um, wow. So my Spanish is not that great. I can, you know, uh, barely get by. Um, but I, using dictionaries, Google Docs, whatever, I try to translate it myself and try to give it my own poetic twist. Uh, but a lot of concepts don't translate right away. You know, you have to do yeah. some research. You have to run them by other musicians yeah. or songwriters. So a lot of my songwriter friends, Spanish-speaking songwriter friends, have really helped me yeah. know, translate some of this music. But one thing I'm trying to do is to preserve the arrangement, preserve the Bengali music arrangements, because there are certain Bengali music instruments that we use when we perform Bengali music. 
the harmonium, for example, or, or or tabla, for example, or you know dotara, for example. So as we are translating these songs to Spanish, we still want to preserve those elements of Bengali music. Do you know how to read read and write music? I can. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, do you think it's ever too late for somebody to start le- to learn an instrument? Let's say a 36-year-old like me. As long as you're breathing, it's not too late. <laughs> I took a, I took a piano in high school, and I was okay. Um, but my my hands are like really stubby, and I was like I had a tough time. But actually, I shouldn't make that excuse because I just saw a video of a one-handed person playing the piano like <laughs> you know like Mozart. Yeah. So I can't even make use that excuse. But I'll tell you, my my mid I remember my midterm was the. Uh, um, Mission Impossible theme song. So like, so I I just remember that, and I remember doing. Uh, I remember getting either a passing grade, but I, I enjoy the piano. I just never kept up. Um, but yeah, uh, do you find that you get along more with people that are into music? That's that definitely gels the conversation. Who are into music, but I don't. That's not necessarily the only thing, you know. Yeah, I haven't had difficulty. I think um, I think as long as we have like you know um, uh, we don't have too many contradictory philosophies, like you yeah. know way of looking at life. Yeah. Um, because I have ran into people who are very have a very narrow way of looking at things, and I think those are the people I don't get along with. Those are the people yeah. who have you know people who are very stringent when it comes to. Uh, you know, um, a certain way of life. I think people who are more open-minded, people yeah. who are more well-traveled, I connect with them better. Yeah, I think the latter, what you said about well-traveled, I have said this many times, I would love to start a fund to get people in middle America to like travel, like get them to like, to get them to go to like Iran or, you know, Turkey and like some other place where they have this narrow-minded um, view of those people yeah. and like get them there and they'll see that you know once they go to Afghanistan and they'll see that these people are just like them like they want to send their kids to school and they want to come home and they want to um, you know have food on the table and you know same problems that you have in Idaho you know it's the same problems some you know family in Afghanistan is having and they're not much different and nobody's out to get you you know like like you know like you know president or some whoever candidates will try to say like yeah. these people hate you and they hate your way of life no they couldn't care less they just want to live their lives and traveling does that like it, it really does it opens up your mind so much more than just, absolutely absolutely yeah. and um and you know i think that kind of uh, narrow-mindedness for the lack of a better word narrow-mindedness also in- exists within our communities um, yeah. And I think we have a responsibility to to fight that and to open up their 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 minds to be more open minded, be more accepted. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely conscious of that that exists in our our community also, and that's why we a lot of, a lot of the messages we put out on Boney is is to is to fight against that. Um, I mean, we just posted someone. Uh, a woman who's a bodybuilder like i mean that kind of like yeah. imagine yeah. imagine like that you know in, like imagine she even said she was very concerned about like the reaction she would get and we kept yeah. saying like a we're going to monitor the comments and b 
um i you know be like you know uh if, if they do like we'll we'll like talk to them and we'll like you know we'll have a conversation with them but like yeah i can understand her concerns like yeah. cuz there are people that would probably you know i was actually hesitant to put it on facebook because mm-hmm. cuz facebook is a little bit older uh, our followers on facebook are a little bit older yep. instagram i wasn't as concerned but i was more concerned about facebook cuz i was afraid of like the comments that she would get yeah so absolutely. yeah so we have that too like there's no reason why she couldn't and she killed she killed them she's you know yeah. should be proud I mean Bengali woman being uh, award winning bodybuilder should be proud of that but I'm sure yeah. there's definitely people beating her down um yeah and I'm really proud of what you're doing I'm really excited to at least participate in some of the events and your growing community We're happy that you came on and talk about it and can't wait for you to also perform when we post this thank you thank you thank you Cam for having me it's a uh... really an honor i'm so glad we met uh you know a couple of years ago and uh being able to collaborate on different uh, you know political front and cultural front so i'm really lucky to have met you man <laughs> yeah absolutely and hopefully we'll see each other soon after this is over absolutely absolutely all right thanks man all right thank you cam and pearls yeah yeah bengali's in new york all over the world uh is the bony show uh, hey can you handle this representing the boroughs with the bangles lift from the slang we spit to the gangs we with it doesn't matter we the essence of the bangladesh i say hey come on can you handle this representing the boroughs with the bangles lift from the slang we 